الحمد لله الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له من يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القران الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اصبروا واصبروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم my beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. We seek His help. We seek His forgiveness. We believe in Him, and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no ilah but Allah. We seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and many more, and many more. And my beloved brothers and sisters, as I try to keep a straight face up here, I ask you to take a look at yourself <laughs> and ask yourself what is changing. Now, many of you look the way I sound, and that is because you were up all night studying, and I was up last night actually watching Star Wars. <laughs> so, we're finishing up the semester. I don't have any more things, uh, any more profound things to say that I haven't already over the past 15 weeks, but instead I want us to look forward to whatever it is you're going to be doing over the course of this break. For some of us, this break is nice and long. What is it, 15 weeks? No, five weeks, well, four weeks. And... <laughs> And the point being that, on the one hand, you will have time to decompress after intensity of the finals, and on the other hand, you'll also have time to do nothing. Some of you will be working, some of you will be studying for your MCATs, some of you will be working on applications, some of you will be traveling. But give yourself one goal, whatever it is, in terms of something you would like to accomplish, something productive, something beneficial, for your akhirah and your dunya, aside from all the things you are already planning to work on. <coughs> to pay, take this point a step further, uh, I was really happy to find out that one of my peers, Dr. Kamran Hussein, was elected president of MCC, which is one of the oldest, oldest, long, continuously running mosques in Chicago. And this was good news for me on the one hand, because up until that point, everybody who was running the masjid was give or take a thousand years old. But now, mashallah, there's someone who is only 
about 500 years old, running the masjid. But the sad part, however, of that is that when we look at how many of my peers, how many of Kamran's peers are active in the community right now, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage. Okay. Meaning I know almost all of them personally, and the total number of people who are my age who are active in the community in any capacity, the number is probably less than about 30 people. Okay. Meaning for the elder, elder generation, my generation is the next generation, and it's only a tiny handful of us that are doing community work in any capacity. And so the question I want you to think of for yourself is as you get older and older and the responsibility of maintaining order in the universe is placed upon you, will you focus more on career and family, which, inshallah, will also give you reward, but what will you do for service to the community? This is a burden of responsibility on each and every one of you to do in your capacity. Meaning, you do have to focus on career because that puts food on your table. You do have to focus on family because that's family. You do Within family, you also have to, as you get older and older, focus on taking care of family, whether it's immediate family or extended family. And then on top of that, you have to carve out time, you have to carve out effort for the rest of the community. Over the course of the past few decades, in terms of my own involvement in the community, I've been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and putting in more and more focus on where I do my work. For much of the past two decades, my focus was on giving teaching throughout all of Chicago, every single corner of the community, whether we're talking about the Desis in the South, in the West, in the North, in the city, the Arabs, the African-American communities, and beyond. But I've been pulling away from almost all of those things and putting almost my entire focus on all of you. And this is not anything noble. I'm just talking about what is both most effective as well as most satisfying. I've been in the company, as you know, of many people who have people cheering for them. And none of that I find satisfying. Again, I'm not saying this out of nobility. That you can stand on top of a stage and give wonderful lectures that are almost always going to be very shallow, but it will inspire people to get excited in the same way that a motivational speaker does. But there's no personal relationships. I'm looking at so many of you in this room with whom I have personal relationships. And over the course of the next semester, inshallah, that'll even increase. That is much more satisfying. That is much more rich. That is much more deep than the ability to give a lecture before 1,000 people, before 10,000 people, before 20,000 people. When you're standing in front of so many other people, from a dunya perspective, you're going to do way better. You're going to earn way more money, which then allows you to do many more things. When you're standing in front of so many people who are cheering for you, you're also going to have many more people who are going to be praying for you. When you're standing in front of so many people giving, giving these wonderful talks, you are exciting people and perhaps also inspiring them. So I'm not criticizing that completely, but I'm saying in terms of my own goals, my own satisfaction, it's these one-to-one interactions that I find far, far, far more valuable. 
And so what I'm suggesting to you over the course of the next few weeks until the next semester begins, figure out what your project will be. Maybe your project will be one to focus on domestic violence. Maybe your project will be one to focus on hunger. Maybe your project will be one to focus on education. Whatever it is, start thinking about a project. That will be your contribution to the community in your capacity. Nobody has a monopoly on the dean in the world, and nobody has a monopoly on the dean in Chicago. In fact, if you were to remove magically, if you were to use Jedi powers to remove all of the Muslims in Chicago, the only place where people would notice it would be in medicine and, 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 and chauffeurs and driving cabs. Where else, would we, we, where else are we making any significant amount of a contribution? So what I'm saying is that you are limited only by your imagination and you are limited only by your ambition. Whatever it is you want to give to the community. But I'm obliging each of you to figure out something to give. MashaAllah, one of the blessings of learning about all the different companions of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, one of the blessings about learning about all the different family members of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, and may Allah be pleased with them all, is that we see that they have so many different personalities. We see that they come in all sizes and shapes and ethnicities, etc., etc. And one of the blessings of that is not that every single one of these companions, every single one of these people, and every single one of these followers, these family members of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, it's not that they were all filling a very specific mold. Rather, the nature of the deen is that you and I each have some very profound internal goodness that is part of your creation. Every single one of us in this room has something. And the goal is to make it flower. The goal is to take that goodness that is in you, each and every one of you, that unique goodness that each and every one of you has, and figure out how to make it flower as something that is beautiful in terms of dignity, that is beautiful in terms of iman. And what else does a flower do? It contributes to everything around it, at the very least with its beauty and smell and contribution to the rest of nature. So what I'm saying, as I'm saying that I'm obliging each and every one of you to figure out what is going to be your contribution in addition to career, in addition to family, I'm essentially saying that your goal is to figure out what is your innate beauty, what is your innate genius. And again, it may be something specifically within career. That's fine. Because most of you, because of, of the fact that you're pre-med, alhamdulillah, because of the fact that most of you are pre-meds, mashallah, you are automatically contributing. But I'm saying I'm obliging you as Loyola students, Loyola graduates, as my own students, that you have to be a cut above everybody else. So having said that, now let us take a moment and ask for forgiveness for each and every one of us, especially for case wa akhiratawana and alhamdulillah We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet, may peace be upon him. 
Another point to think about as you're looking forward over the next few weeks until, meaning after you finish your current finals and papers and until you start your next semester, one of the very, very common questions that we've addressed before that I've received over the course of the past semester is why is this happening to me? That when you're being hit with struggle, whether it is someone uh, who's affecting you by the things they're saying about you, or whether you've been hit with other struggle, like tragedy. The question that keeps coming up for many students is, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? And as you and I know, because we've mentioned it many, many times, number one, the answer is because. Because that is the design of dunya. Meaning, dunya is not paradise. Dunya is not going to be a life of ease and comfort. It will include periods of ease and comfort if you have the privilege to have that. By virtue of the fact that you and I are living here, you and I know that we have so much more comfort, mashallah, 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 compared to so many other Muslims and non-Muslims throughout the entire world, and even compared to so many other Muslims and non-Muslims, even within a 10-mile radius of where where we are. But the point to think about that it is the nature of this dunya that you're going to be hit. It is the nature of this dunya that you're going to make prayers and you're going to make heartfelt prayers. And then what happens in dunya is not going to be an answer to those prayers. That is the nature of this dunya. But then what happens for so many of us is that we get afraid to make prayers then. So many of us have, have brought this point up to me, that why should I pray because I'm going to be disappointed? No, I'm saying pray as hard as you can. Pray as hard as you can for whatever it is you want. Right now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm praying to keep a straight face while Case is sitting here dressed like a Jedi. And I'm speaking about even bigger things, mashallah, that whether we're talking about admission into med school, whether we're talking about the survival of someone who's sick, whether we're talking about even things that everyone else might regard as something irrelevant, pray as deeply as you can. And part of the reason I'm I'm making this point is that not only are so many of us, as a whole generation, afraid of disappointment, so many of us are just afraid of pain, which means so many of us are afraid even to invest ourselves in relationships with each other because that does include pain. Meaning it is in the nature of love that pain is part of the equation. It is in the nature of friendship that pain is part of the equation. But what that also means is that you have so much more joy. You can live all by yourself, keeping your distance from everyone else. And not to give spoilers, case that's also part of the movie you're gonna be watching. But you can live in complete separation from everyone else and have your little bits of, of, of joy, you're still going to have pain, the pain of loneliness, because it is your design to interact. But what I'm saying is that when you get into deep interactions with each other, again, these one-to-one relationships with each other, not only will you have more pain, but you're going to have tremendous more joy. Yeah. A joy that money can't give you. And I'm telling you, I've had all types, mashallah, of, of, of 
of lifestyles and, and socioeconomic levels. And in my own experience, there is no type of wealth compared to the wealth of the love between two people, whether it's a friendship or something even deeper. But I'm calling upon each and every one of you not only to figure out how to serve the community, but to figure out how to embrace yourselves with each other more. It means you're going to fight more. I mean, so many people come to my office, this person said this about me. Or I shouldn't say it that way. I mean, but the point is that ultimately that's what it sometimes sounds like. But the point is that you will have these deeper, richer experiences in life. And then if you can do that, then you are allowing yourself to have a deeper, richer relationship with Allah Ta'ala. See what I'm saying? That when we restrict ourselves from other people, as a result, your iman will take a hit. Because your iman will become more fragile. The more people with whom you have strong relations, the more stable your iman is going to be. So count how many friends you have, how many deep, deep friends you have, the kind where you will yell at people and you'll still be friends. The kind where, when they are struggling in the middle of the night, you're ready to drop what you need to drop and go help them. And they will do this for you. Count how many of those you have. The more of those you have, I guarantee you, the more stable your iman is going to be. And thus, it becomes easier for you to develop your iman even further. So why am I making this point that all of us need to put an even additional effort to serve the community? Ultimately, I'm not saying this for the sake of the community. I'm saying this for the sake of your growth, of your iman. And why am I saying that each and every one of us needs to put an even more vulnerability in terms of our relationships with each other in this room? Also for the sake of your iman. Because the more comfort you have in your vulnerability, then by definition, the more iman you have. Because you're saying you're going to be okay. So with that, I'll remind you of the one that everyone loved, and that is the Prophet, may peace be upon him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُسَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَالسَّلِمُ تَسْلِيمًا اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم O oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them all. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab nar Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati ya ma'isifoon. Assalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqeem as-salah.